0: Having applied this principle to everything they do, their journey continues to bring them joy. They are widely acknowledged as India's leading experts on street food and regional cuisine. In the the real world, their cult show Highway on My Plate aired on NDTV Good Times for over 7 years and steadily eaten its way towards completing a record of 230 episodes short during travels of over two lakh kilometers on the highways and roads of india our third guest chef sandirajan he is the president of world chef association he is the founder general secretary ifca and corporate chef for club mahindra chef sandirajan was bro- born as the seventh honorary de- doctorate from Wells University in Hospitality mon- Management, Delhi, Our fifth guest, Chef Nitin Ram Ch- Ramchandra Shende. Sir, has nearly 20 years of rich and qualitative experience in the hospitality industry in India and abroad. He has received the Bharat Gaurav Award 2017 for Excellence in Hospitality Education. He has also received... Best Assistant Professor Food Production for MTRES New Delhi and by Hospitality Education Committee 2019. He is a keen planner and strategist with track record of developing operational policies, norms, systems and controls, motivational schemes and the customer service standards. Our next guest, Dr. Deepa Prasad. Deepa Prasad ma'am is a seasoned corporate professional and educator for the last 25 years. Her vast experience as an educator and interaction with students urged Herment of India. Uh, another guest, Mr. Swami Nathan. Mr. Swami Nathan is the publisher of Chef Bharat, a news portal launched recently for the Indian Chef community. He also works as an editorial consultant for various media outlets in retail, FMCG, textile, media and entertainment and technology. He has close to 10 years of working experience as a media professional in Chennai, Bangaluru and Mumbai. He is an alumnus of the Media Sciences Department from the CEG campus of Anna University other than holding a bachelor's in visual communication from the University of Madras. Lastly we have with our moderator Mr Ravi Shankar Mishra sir who is the Dean of GH Raissoni School of Hotel Management. He has. He has been associated with the Raisoni groups for a very long time. He has an experience in the education sector for the past 17 years and he has been awarded as the best public relation award continuously for three years from Coal I- India Limited. Having said so many words about the guests, I would, without further ado, pass on, pass on to the guests for the session. Uh,
1: very good evening to everyone major issues the overall topic will be around the indian food how healthy the indian food is and how to create awareness and how to popularize the concept of indian foods among the indian eaters so i welcome my fellow panelists for the session so i want to have this open session to all the panelists Uh, how lucky we are in terms of our food eating so indian food is part of the indian culture indian lifestyle so how lucky we are to have this so blessed and how blessed we are to have this Indian healthy food concept. I will start with Chef. Probably uh, start with Dr. saundar Rajan on this.
2: I think, uh, I don't think we should ask the question how healthy Indian food is. The Indian food is the way of life. I think, I don't think any cuisine in this world, I have already said that, which has been tested on human beings for 10,000 years. Probably your Italian cuisine is about 2,200 years, American food is 200 years, French cuisine is about 1,800 years and Japanese is about few hundred years, but I think, very close to Indian cuisine is the one Chinese, but Chinese cuisine also missed a lot of things in between due to famine and various things. They diverted from the what human beings need. Uh, that is why you hear a lot of things about that. But if you see exactly what human beings require, that ancient history, custom, culture, of Indian and Indian, uh, people of Indian origin, they follow the food principles. I mean, that itself says automatically how healthy Indian food is. Uh, If you see, uh, they say that every 100 kilometers the food changes because the climate changes, the people changes, the culture changes. I'm sure we have the people in the panel who have traveled for 200,000 miles they will agree that that is because of due to various climate and, and that itself shows that you eat what is around you what god has created around you you don't carry the food for 100 kilo hundreds of kilometers or thousands of kilometers so i think with this uh, i start with this maybe i'll come back to you once i hear
3: from the other panelists uh, very nicely put. Chef has spoken to you and told you about the the rich culture we had in food. Uh, but I think there's a lot of things that we inherently possessed many hundred years ago, which we've sort of lost touch with. Taking on all influences. We were a very intelligent civilization. I think that has changed with modern India. I very firmly feel the loss of a very great degree of intelligence, especially when it comes to our food. Now, how important is... How important are outside influences in our food? Uh, Did you know that batata is a Portuguese word for potato? They brought it into this country. There were no potatoes in this country. Today, it's as Indian as anything else. You like chilies? Portuguese brought it from South America. It's not Indian. You like tomatoes? Not Indian. Anything else? I mean, I can go on. The list is endless. So we have had the ability, the intelligence the wisdom to take the best that the world had to offer us and build on it. Today, we sort of look back and decide that we don't want any more influences and this is who we are and this is what we do. It's a big mistake. But I think there are things that are that we are very fortunate to have. For example, the world now is coming into seasonal and regional cuisines. They're promoting that. India has always been seasonal and regional. We have never lost that. We still have it today. The Rediwala who comes outside your house and shouts for you to buy vegetables, he's very important to this regional and seasonal tradition. We eat different foods all year long. We eat different foods in different seasons. We, you know, tip to tail. Have you heard about that concept, tip to tail? How many of you have heard about tip to tail? Some of the hotel management students, raise your hands. No, nobody? Okay. So this is this is a new movement now that no part of any animal that you consume should be wasted. Tip to tail, it should be completely consumed. So we're talking about organ meat, for example, we do that. We're talking about the skin, we consume that. We're talking about hooves, we consume that. We're a huge coastline. Anybody who tells you that India has been vegetarian traditionally is doesn't know what they're talking about because any community that lives on the coast, some bright guy will get the idea to put his hand in, take out a fish, roast it and eat it. And it's a great idea. I I'd love it, personally. So I think this is where we are really fortunate to have so much an abundance of richness historically uh, geographically with our temperatures with our communities with our cultures and that's the real richness of indian food so that is something that we really need to build on
1: so this uh, question goes to mayur so we discussed a lot about indian food is it practically considering the lifestyle which we live on is it able to be kept Okay.
2: Um, I Is wanna it throw...
1: possible to practically imply whatever we read in the books or whatever the old ancient Indian foods are there?
4: If everything's possible, but here's something interesting. Today on the, on the flight, um, I read this article in Economic Times that basically says that uh, snacking habits of Indians are on the rise. And they did this whole survey and they said 77% Indians say that they would prefer indulgence and eating their mita and the tala and all, over healthy. And 80% of them say that there is a different time and a different place for guilt and health and a different time and different place for eating and unhealthy. So, yes, number one, what is Indian food? How do we define Indian food? Rocky just given us an example, gobi aloo, half of it is not Indian. Uh, you know, rasam, the, the Tamilian culture, so old, Oldest, Some of the oldest uh, cultures in the world, the tomato they put in the Rasam and the Samara are not not Indian. So, what is Indian food? Number one, we have to decide. There is no such thing as Indian Indian food. If you talk about the principles of Ayurveda around which the whole idea of Indian cuisine was built, yes, it was there. But how many of us are eating that today? Uh, Even in homes now, most of us aren't eating it. So, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Um... As a, as a country, as a culture, we're also moving into a space where so we oh, everything has become quickly, 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 quickly. That is not going to help the whole idea of eating slow, eating healthy. Um, so it's going to be a challenge. But can it be done? Of course it can be done. And here's my one very simple tip because, you know, I'll diet tomorrow, I'll get this, I'll get that. One simple tip that I've learned that we practice in my home. One tip for eating healthy. You want to start eating healthy? Put away your book, put away your phone, put away your thing, just concentrate on whatever you're eating and chew it 25 to 30 times before you swallow it. That's your first very big, very important step towards healthy eating. Question into Mr. Uh,
1: so Nitin. So, we also have many housewives here. So, if you can tell on the cooking perspective, how to cook right? Uh,
5: basically, uh, you see, uh, as uh, he told and chef told us, uh, uh, India has a uh, uh, typical methods of cooking the food, but nowadays, if you see, uh, the method of cooking has been changed because uh, you don't have a time. As rightly said, everything we cook fast, 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 and uh, and because of that, the whatever traditional method we had of cooking of food that we have lost. And because of that, uh, I think uh, most of the cuisine, most of the taste, most of the uh, the the uh, you can say the magic of the Indian food, we have lost. And uh, if you uh, concentrate on uh, the method of cooking, I think we can come back with uh, our own originality. Is it practically possible? Yeah, it's a... practically possible. You have to plan accordingly. When a kid the... goes to
1: school at 6 a.m. Exactly, in the morning. Exactly.
5: See, uh, the first thing is that when this, whatever, all Indian women, when they want to cook the food in the morning, the first night, they decide what to cook. It's not like that they don't plan the first night only they decided what they asked the children what you want in the tiffin in the school tiffins everything so they planned everything but at the time of execution when it comes to the execution in the morning they said that we don't have a time it's uh, we have a less of time and that is why we are in the hurry it's not like that the planning of uh, cooking is uh, uh, the problem basically and uh, you can say the we have more of equipments everything we have but uh, the originality of what we had that was missing and because of this I think uh, uh, the Indian cuisine, the spice of the Indian cuisine has been. Uh... Now, last month, I was interacting with a chef for an
1: interview of my publication. The chef was telling that now the kids or whomever is out of the college or students, they are always looking for Instagram-friendly food. So probably this question could be and uh, How the next generation of cooking professional, culinary professionals, are equipped with it? Uh, is it the Instagram-friendly food or safety or is it going to be healthy or What is your view on that? I think um, well. Um
6: I think people just like on Instagram to put what they're doing. You know, it's in uh, 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 a second-by-second, minute-by-minute update. Um, so I think, um, yeah, it boils down to, it's not Insta-fun-friendly, but I think um, a lot, there are two things about it. Visual appeal is a big thing now. So uh, food has to look visually appealing to um, to whichever genre of people you're giving, uh, whether it's youngsters or even someone who put ma- mainly who will use Instagram. But um, coming to the topic with both of it put together is that there is no way that why a food which looks very attractive does not have to be healthy. And here I really want to say we're not debating what is Indian food, but maybe what we eat in India now, whatever is in the Indian food and uh, can it be healthy? Healthy could be uh, nutritionally healthy. It has all its uh, nutritional values yet. At the same time, it tastes good so that we can popular polarize it and uh, uh, make it very popular because uh, doing um, a topic today with friends with a lot of college students in the morning and I realized that most of them are binge eating like Mayu said on the plane most people like to snack all of us like to snack so the thing is uh, can we make a snack food uh, look attractive look tasty and also maybe depending on the meal period which we are eating it it's uh, it's it gives you nutritive value because that's important and that's if you can do that then uh, then it's it's nice we don't have to go to extreme like for example in uk um, what is the name jamie oliver came out with some uh, broccoli chips you know or something else which is tasty but looks something else different so but maybe we can just have our own version uh, of food but um, maybe a broccoli but how do we give it to a kid and it's tasty at the same time, maybe it could be a quick batter fry in the evening instead of a samosa. It's still better than to have that than to have something else. And yeah, I think with Instagram is that's a way of putting it. But um, and the second part, I really think and I, that I really believe and um, uh, is that we have to go indigenous. What is available in the market. Uh, let's eat that because uh, so much has gone into organic and we all were organic 40 years back. So now maybe let's go indigenous, let's go seasonal. And uh, if we make food like that, I think it, it it works.
3: I just want to add a little thing over here. We have an enormous wealth of cuisine in this country. There is a restaurant that serves a thali platter. They are all over the country. They have many branches. I was talking to them and I said, how many items do you have on your menu? You know, you're changing 35 odd items every day. You're putting new items, slightly different. Would anybody like to guess how many items they have? They only do the food of Rajasthan and Gujarat. Two states. Would, Would anybody like to guess how many items on their menu? Total items they have? Somebody throw me a number. They have... Not 261, they have 22,400 items on their menu and this is the food of two states and this is the food of the two most rain deficient states with huge deserts. So we are now, now you are understanding the complexity and the size of the challenge that confronts us. When you say what is Indian food, I say what is Gujarati food, then you say okay what is Kathiawadi food or what is Kachi food. So I say, okay, if you're going to go to, to Kachi food and see the food of the region of the run of Kutch, you have about 16,000 recipes that have come out of Kutch. They start from 150 kinds of ringra or bengan. They start from uh, pulses that don't spoil over over decades. Things that can be stored without water, which can be maintained well. And the list is endless. Now suddenly, when you have a region like Kutch, which has always had... Chas, one or two regional seasonal vegetables and pulses and, and attas and, and wheats and bajra and other millets that are so healthy that have, you know, we've grown up on those Those are like, like wheat for example, how many of you know that wheat is not meant for consumption by the human body you're not supposed to eat wheat, it's, it's actually poisonous when it's treated and cooked then you can start actually consuming it and eating it but that's just something that we're not supposed to eat When you have millets, when you have bhajras, when you have other grains that we've been eating for thousands of years, like Chef said, experimented on human beings for 10,000 years, we are now losing track of those and the amount of influences we have coming in, not only from other parts of India, but from other parts of the world, somewhere our food is becoming the easiest food to eat. So if I ask you, what is the best food, best Indian food in the world, and you say butter chicken and naan, I won't blame you, or if you say dosa and idli, I won't blame you because those are the most popular items worldwide. Everybody knows about those items. But does that mean that's Indian food? It's not really. The butter chicken is a very, very recent invention. And dosa in Italy, God bless, has been around for a very long time. But that's not the range of the food of even one part of Tamil Nadu. I mean, there are thousands of things to eat there. So I think that is the challenge confronting us. What is Indian food? How do we define it? And I think it's time has come now to start compartmentalizing and changing it. There is nothing called Indian food. There is Marathi food, there is food from the region of Vidarbha, there is food from the region of, uh, uh, I mean, even in even in Maharashtra you have so many cuisines. You have Konkani, you have Kola Puri, you have uh, sauji you have 100 cuisines in Mahara- Maharashtra alone. To combine it and say this is Indian food would be a big mistake. So I think separate them, list them, catalogue them. There are a lot of young students over here. A life spent cataloguing even 5 or 10 cuisines would be a life well spent. So I think that would be a good start in defining what's healthy and what's good. See, uh, I
2: think uh, again I like to ask a basic question. Then, what is Indian food? Okay. You say there is no Indian food, but there is a native food, that's fine. So, what is the native food? See, uh, he said uh, you add tomato to rasam, so it's not Indian. What was actual rasam? What was there available in India actually? See, I think you all know why they invaded India, only for spices, not for gold, not for human beings. They invaded India only for spices. I think all the food, if you see some of the recipes 500, 600, 700 years back and see them, like there is a, in Tamil Nadu, I can talk about Tamil Nadu, I think they're the oldest civilization. There is a biryani made from cumin seeds, and pepper Peppercorn Pepper corn is a major thing to give that pecan hot spicy flavor to the food. So rasam was actually made with cumin liquor and pepper liquor. Not tomatoes or not and curry leaves of course. They are the original Indian ingredients which has been for the last whatever thousands of years I say. Then whatever he said that millets I think if you see several thousand years back, barley, millets, palm jaggery, these were the things jaggery used to give us sweetness. So you leave the jaggery, then go to sugar and add lot of acid and come back and say, I have a PPI, I have a diabetic, you can, we can't help it. You have left the Indian food, you know, and then you can go on taking and consuming chemicals. Then you say, I have cancer in my body. Because, see, you have to only consume what human beings can consume. You can't consume acid and chemicals. Then you grow paddy, paddies and wheat. Paddy and wheat is not another uh, thing. Then it produces a lot of grass. Then you start burning it. Then you say, There is no oxygen. Naturally. See, then you have sustainable grains like millets are sustainable. You don't need water. See, paddy and wheat takes sixteen times of water. yes, a millet takes. Imagine how much they give put pressure on your soil, put pressure on the atmosphere, how much of oxygen they take, and how much you have to burn and it 's not sustainable. so you do anything which is not, and also you have to see healthy food. I also said in my presentation, as per the ministry or UN, there are three things. It has to be safe, it has to be nutritious, it has to be sustainable. So any food which is not sustainable, you can't live. You burn, you grow wheat and paddy, you burn and you have, you don't have oxygen, how can you live? You do like that five times, then all of them will die. So then the, you don't need a food which is not sustainable. So I think if you see Indian food, I'm sure I'm really surprised. What was not there 10, 20 years back now, you have all this uh, banyard millet, kodo millet, small, all the small grinds have come into the market now. Not only uh, small restaurants, lot of there are a lot of food. I think even um, I'm sure if you grow Go at this level. In the next 5 to 10 years, we will have a lot of food, which is, I'm sure everyone will stop eating pizza. I think you can even create a pizza and burger with millets. You can create anything with millets. If you take, and there is a company in uh, Chennai, I tell you something, how you eat millets. Can you eat millet directly? How many of you have found it very difficult to digest? Lot of you. It's very difficult to digest, I'm telling you. I have eaten all the millets regularly for all food, but it's very difficult. But there is a company which is converting all millets into poha. Like you have a kota millet, they convert. They, you have a ragi, they convert. They have a banyard millet, they convert. They have a small grain, they convert everything into a poha. Then the poha is very easy to digest. And you can create lot of things from that poha for Anything, whatever you create with rice and uh, wheat, you can create.
1: So this takes me to the next uh, question. So people are finding so cool, so happy to post a photograph uh, on Twitter or Instagram telling that I'm eating this uh, pasta or I'm eating this pizza. So can an Indian food or a regional food can also be so cool as like people can feel proud of posting that I'm eating this food?
2: See, I think... Basically, Indian culture, we are not a good marketing people, whatever it is, we don't market. You tell me, in the whole world, which country has got a better tourism than India? No other country has got so much to see, but still we are not the number one in tourism. Same way with cuisine, which country has got so many different cuisine, even if, if you go to China, you have about five, six probably noodles in every place may look the same taste, but you take a chicken curry from Bengal or Delhi, Punjab, what a difference. You can't even find out it is the same. So, um, what is the question? I,
1: so, I wonder <laughs> where can have a youngster, whomever is in the yeah. new age, so, people, can they feel? Yeah.
2: Coming back to it, so, what happens is, we are not a good marketer. So, what happens is, even in With Indian cuisine, we go to several international competitions. I have gone to several international competitions, I think maybe 50 to 60 countries, but we have never won medals, because our food doesn't look nice. In the sense, it is not ornamental look. But those people would create an ornamental look, but zero taste and zero nutritive values.
3: It's very true. The reason why Indian food is not accepted worldwide, there are some specific challenges. Too heavy on spice, too much oil, too much, too many aromatics, not easy to digest, especially in the evenings, and so many others. But now there's, there, there's a lot of stuff happening. He's asked about specifically Instagram and how do you change that. There's a company in the U.S. now that for the last six or seven years has been in the market manufacturing eggs out of moong dal. So they take the moong bean, and they create an egg substitute that behaves exactly like an egg when you cook it. So you can actually make an omelette with mung dal, with a moong dal base and it will look exactly like an omelette. You can make a scrambled egg and that is more nutritious than an egg because the moong bean has such a huge amount of protein that it offers and the texture is smooth, buttery like an egg except for that little sulphurous smell that egg has, it has all the other qual- qualities. So there's a lot that can be done with different kinds of traditional foods. And there's a lot of people doing things about it. I'm not gonna talk more about it because it's part of our talk tomorrow. So I'm going to (laughs) See, I think (laughs) it also
2: the evolution. If you see, you know what is the best food evolved in the world? Do you can you guess? The best cuisine in the world which has evolved over a period of last fifty years. Can anyone suggest? No. World, huh? Japanese. See, Japanese have mastered the art of combining art, technology, cuisine, taste, flavor, color. They have taken, they have copied, they are good copy masters, you know that, lot of things. They have copied the Western presentations, they have used their own flavors, they have used Eastern flavors and they create, that is why Japanese, they win medals. Japanese is the gold medalist and we are the bronze. Japanese win 30, 40, 50 medals, but if Sri Lankan and we win lesser number of medals, even one, two, three. So, I think our cuisine has to evolve. We have to do a lot of work. You know, then it will come Instagram and photograph friendly. You know, we have to remove extra oil. We have to bring... That is why, that is why we all chefs discuss it. Do you know why we don't win medals? Because we don't use technology lot of technology Japanese use. They Sometimes they produce food without even touching with your fingers or hands. So I think we have to evolve. Maybe it will take another 20 years for us to realize that we don't need one inch of oil on top of rogan Josh or you don't need a mixture of uh, oil and onion to have a gravy. I think that it is not that uh, what Rocky and Mayu can create. Maybe they can create the best food. But it has to reach to the cooks and, you know, all the people around the country, it takes time, you know, even I can cook, I can talk, but it has to evolve. So it evolves, then definitely it will come to Twitter, Facebook, whatever, LinkedIn, Instagram friendly, all photographs you can get.
4: Well, the the good news here is that the same way that uh, Instagram is used for pasta and this and that, now more and more and more, It's it's a tool like anything else now more and more at least and like rocky said we're going to discuss more in our talk tomorrow there are many chefs who are making it very cool to eat millet to eat sustainable to eat organic and then now they're being followed by other chefs and other people and, and people who are now studying in this so a uh, silent
1: revolution is getting so done. what dr
4: Sundarajan is saying is is is, is basically it's 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 started It'll take long and hopefully the the good thing with technology as an enabler is that it won't take 20 years. Maybe in 5 years or 7 years or 10 years from now, we we will have this wave where it'll be be not just acceptable, but very cool and very good to be able to eat healthy, sustainable
3: food. And a good way to judge that is, he was talking about awards. In the last 5 or 7 years now, two Indian restaurants across the world have prominently and regularly come into the top 100 restaurants of the world. Uh, given by the Michelin Guide. Now, these are, uh, or there's a body called the 100 Best Restaurants of the World. They have now got two restaurants which regularly feature. One is the Indian accent in Delhi. And I'm going to talk about that because that's an Indian uh, restaurant. And that is the potential that Indian food has. So as far as flavors and tastes go, nobody can beat us. As far as presentation goes, there's a whole movement now which is happening and you'll see a lot of images tomorrow. We're going to put a presentation for you and show you some really nice foods. But I think... That needs to change. Food is only relevant if it's offered to people in the way they want to consume it. And you have to teach them. If you want to change something about your food or you want to keep a tradition alive, you have to train people to like that kind of food. And he's right. We don't market our food. And why we don't do it, I don't know. It's it's the fault of, it's our fault, the people sitting here. There's no reason why we should market it. It's a modern world. Everybody wants an Instagram photo. We should give it to them. It's not difficult to do. This takes a lot of work and a little bit of imagination. I think that is changing.
5: Uh, I think uh, I will… Now, this is the responsibility of the uh, catering colleges also and the new chefs also, those who are sitting here. So, uh, until and unless they come to this picture… Because what happened when the students uh, reach to the institution, uh, they have a dream to become a chef or an executive chef. I think uh, about the executive chef, uh, they have to think on uh, this point of view. Uh, because uh, they are the future uh, chefs who, who will go and work uh, in the industry. So, uh, as, as the sir, uh, chef said that uh, we are lacking in uh, marketing. Yes, it's true, we are lacking in uh, marketing because it's not like that we don't have noodles. We have 100 years back noodles we had, we had savory we had at our home, but we never marketed it. We, it's not like that we don't have chopsy with us. We had kurdi which we used to uh, make it in the uh, winter, uh, summer time and uh, means to fry, So we had all this uh, product, but we never marketed it in that way. Uh, where we, because we never failed uh, like that to market our Indian food into that level. So I think uh, it's a responsibility of the uh, institutions also to uh, go ahead about this. They should add something presentable things and this type, this kind of things into their curriculum and teach to the students about this. And uh, Deepa, I would like to ask you, uh, how can we popularize and how
1: can you bring awareness about this product? And how do you see the commercial viability of the product? How people will accept it? okay, does, is it good for a chef to take a risk on those aspects for going back to the Indian food? Um, you know,
6: I think we've spoken so much about Indian food. The next thing is, one is, um, here we all are sitting in, how do we sell it to our customer also? or because we're talking about people who eat out and we all are increasingly eating out. There's also a lot of increase, there's a big change in uh, with Swiggy and everything coming that we want to order online. Again, our food, how do we order online? What do we do about it? And um, uh, I think it comes both the ways. If we, uh, if we can address both in situation where we can sell things which, you know, like role, role mania has become so popular now. So we have different roles. Which we can serve to a, a guest, and it's it's also a good meal by itself, and that's something which can be delivered uh, online or the online reviews. We should look about food in restaurants, which sell in restaurant, because everybody doesn't go to a fine dining, uh, but also all small outlets or outlets which can uh, deliver it to you. We're still a very long way off, you know. I was just a little bit of I was researching and finding out that uh, say something like. Um, uh, I mean, our topic was also on reviews and ratings, on how to popularize uh, the food in India, and uh, yeah. So, if you get a review or rating of, um, so in America they're very smart. They are Berkeley did a particular uh, um, uh, research and they found out that if a rating increases by five percent, a point five percent, five one star, point five star, at around six thirty-seven in the evening, there's a thirty percent increase in the sales. So it comes back to marketing. You know, no one better than the Americans to realize that in terms of marketing. And uh, Pizza Hut for example is like superb, uh, it's about technology also what they use, so we need to re- start using technology in getting the food to the customer, because we cook and we are here, unless people come to us, you buy and you eat, it can't work that way. So we need to have technology where we use uh, various forms of either Google map or within 30 hours delivery, you don't get a pizza, you get pizza free. It doesn't work so simple because they have so much of technology, mapping, infrastructure, people who come and deliver. So somewhere we need to have, every aspect has to be taken into consideration. I think it's a whole packaging which we have to do.
4: Can I just add one thing here? Just in terms of uh, eating and promoting healthy food, why should it just be... uh... The responsibility of like people who are working in food and stuff. Now, for example, uh, put me in jail for saying this. Governments happily interfere in every aspect of of, of our lives. T D S GST, ga, this karo, that karo rules, this it's all done for our safety, right? You don't wear a helmet, you don't wear a seatbelt, they catch you. Now all over the world there are governments that are actually following the carrot and stick approach and telling people, now everybody here, is there anybody here that doesn't have health insurance? Everyone paid Medical insurance. Not many countries, governments are saying, you gym membership. है. They track your gym membership also, you gym, you will pay lesser for your insurance. You your annual check-up If you are within the correct height, weight, blood sugar level, cholesterol level and all, you will pay less for it and already in some ways it's happening for example now if you're over a certain age if you're a smoker your insurance thing goes up it's very easy to start actually doing that and saying that encourage people to eat if not all the time but eat healthier because at the end of the day it'll also work very good for everybody less load on the system less load on the hospitals less load on our uh, economy
2: everything becomes easier see uh, i don't think the youngsters, millions and jillionaires will look for food, which is pizza, or not exactly. They will look for clean food. Clean in the sense looks nice and clean. I am sure you can create clean, nice-looking food even from millets. So I think that is where you have to evolve. You have to bring in more variety in terms of Indian cuisine. then I think they don't want only uh, Western food. Nothing like I don't think anybody can eat three times Western flower food in India. He will never
3: eat. He will look for various flavors and tastes, but it has to look nice. Uh, we, Deepa spoke briefly about uh, the role And that's a very interesting story, the kathi roll in Calcutta actually came about when the British wanted to eat something without getting their hands messy. So it was very simple to take a piece of bread, put an egg in it, which is, they loved it, they loved eggs, and then make a kathi roll and then just slide out the tikkas onto it, roll it and eat it. And that's how food must evolve. It must continuously cater to the sensibilities of an audience. And that's why reviewers and modern appearance, modern presentation of food is so relevant today. Because if you don't do that, you're going to actually lose out. How many of us are actually wearing traditional Indian clothes over here right now? I am. She is. These gentlemen and the rest of them
4: are...
3: <laughs> so, this is a. it's a fact. Now, whether you like it or not, this is a fact. And I think this is what we have to change. We have to keep up with the times. We have to keep taking influences. We have to keep building a healthier alternative to food, which is very, very important. I think that is number one importance. But as long as you have governments telling you This is healthy, this is not. I mean, veganism is very good. Let's assume it's very good. But it doesn't work for someone in the Himalayas. It doesn't work for someone on the coast. It doesn't work for them. A a child, a a British child just died because his parents made him vegan after he was six months old. You can't make a six-month-old child vegan. He's going to die. They fed him fruits and vegetables. So, please understand, we have very rich traditions, but they're not meant to make our lives difficult. They're meant to teach us more about how we're going to go into the future. As long as we are old enough to vote, to have a drink, to have a voice, we're old enough to decide what we want to eat. And that is very important. So keep keep politics away from food. Let's talk about food in a healthier alternative, better cooking mediums. We have so many options now with baking, with not using oil. Like you said, you don't need one inch of oil on top of everything. You really don't. You can have... You have sous cooking, which, you know, the meat looks absolutely raw, but it's cooked at a very low heat for a very long time. So you zip it up in a, in a fluid and leave it for 6 hours, 8 hours, 12 hours, and then you eat it and it's absolutely done. It's perfect. But uh, I can go on I'll stop now. He's kicking me under the table.
1: Uh, yeah. Any questions from the audience in how to eat or how to cook? The experts are here. Anybody wants to ask any questions? So, I think we don't have uh, anybody uh, having any question. One... Sir. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: it's,
7: actually, it's, it's a nice session actually. Uh, we have all noticed <clears throat> and so many of the uh, persons who are here to guide us. Actually, I would like to... Uh, I don't want to ask any question. Actually, we have to get all the thoughts and all the uh, things but I would like to clear one thing, actually we are discussing all this in central India. Okay, This is a part of central, central India. Actually, part of India. Ha. Central part of okay. India. And uh, we belong to this particular region. Yes. And I think uh, what I have noticed, whenever the people <coughs> consume the local food, local-grown food that is every time healthy for the okay. person, if, if anybody, one of us agree with us. Actually, uh, I wanted to uh, make one concern about the central India. Okay. Anybody here know about the Kodo Kutki? Anybody have heard? So many of the uh, hotel management people are here from the central India. Anybody of you know about the Kodo Kutki? What is Kodo and Kutki? Nobody knows. Actually, it's a part of the... uh, It's a... a, uh, Thing that uh, grows in central India. Particularly in uh, Vidarbha and in uh, the part of the MP and Shathisgarh. It is like we all know Bajra, Jawari, Bajra, uh, small rice. It's a kind of Kodo and Kutki that is an ancient food of the central India. Now it is dying. Now it is dying. Nobody is there to take the uh, concern of that. It uh, actually uh, grows in the remote areas of the central India. And now Kodo Kutki is Approximately dying and some foreign countries have
3: uh, taken the concern about this. It is a very rare, rare species. No, it is. Now, now it is dying. Thank you. Thank you for the input. It's a very valid point that he's making. But you know like all mothers love their children. Everybody who lives in a particular area thinks his food is the best. It may not necessarily be so. But we like it and that's a good thing. You should be proud of your food and your culture. But I think there is much to learn from each other. From different parts of this country there are people who live in every corner of this country who eat very interesting food who eat very healthy food who eat very uh, current eclectic food and I think that's a great thing Mayur and I started a journey 12 years ago trying to popularize Indian food and stop the avalanche of pizzas and burgers and sushis and Thai food coming in and at least give people pride in our food I think we've come a long way The Dhabas are actually cool today. Most kids would love to go to Dhabas. They didn't 12 years ago. And I think that is the power of, you can call it marketing, you can call it passion, you can call it whatever you want. But I think the future ahead is Indian. The future ahead is Indian food. The future ahead is regional food, but we must improve it because not everything that we have and everything we do is perfect. There are many areas for improvement in our characters and our personalities and our appearances, except mine, I'm perfect like this. But for everybody else. <laughs> so I think I'll, I'll finish with that. Someone
1: wants to add some, someone. We have a gentleman. Can you pass the mic to the gentleman?
7: It's a rather curious. Some of you have said that wheat is a poisonous. But now we are in our central India again. I'm going to central India only. In central India, our old generation or my parental generation, who have been eating wheat, I mean chapati all along their age, thrice in a day, has lived more than a, um, eight to nine decades, people. But still, I mean, they have been eating all along their life wheat only. But now I heard new thing that wheat is a poisonous. So can you throw some light, how it has become poisonous now? You
2: no, know, no, I think he said it, it, it is poisonous, but he has, you have to process. We are processed and using it. And make it edible for human being. That is what he
3: said. That is what I get if I am right. So the longest-lived people on the planet, would you like to guess who they are? Longevity? Japanese. Japanese. They live the longest. They don't consume wheat per se. They've started consuming it now. They've started, ages have started going down. But that's not the point. There are many foods which are poisonous, but once they're processed, they can be eaten. So the essence of wheat is not meant for human consumption, but we treat it and we can eat it. The same thing with puffer fish, blowfish, for example, it's highly poisonous, but if you cut it the right way and eat it, you can do that. So let's not get caught up in, in semantics over here. There are many cultures that live for a long time. The Japanese are the longest living. Does that mean that we should all switch to a diet of raw fish and beef? I don't think so. I think we have our own diets. We should follow those. Whatever is available regionally, locally, That is what your body has got used to. Your DNA is used to eating a particular kind of food because you belong to that particular region. Somebody who lives in the desert in Rajasthan can eat a dal bati churma every day for seven days. If you or I was to eat dal bati churma for seven days, trust me, we would be very uncomfortable for three or four days after that. You get what I'm saying? So, it's it's, each to his own. So, I think, let's not get stuck on little things and say this is like this or this is like that. There are no, there are no uh, limitless answers in the world. There are no perfect solutions in the world. There are only ways to get better. And one of the ways to get better is to stop thinking that what we do is the best. Because there are many influences, as you can see. Our footwear, our clothes, our shirts, our jackets, obviously they're better than our traditional clothes. That's why we're wearing them. If they weren't, we would be wearing our traditional clothes. But we are not. So you can keep saying what you want, but it's what you're doing is what's important. So that argument answers itself. How many of you would rather wear a shawl over a jacket in the snow? Raise your hand. I wouldn't. I would much rather wear a jacket. It's not Indian. But I would. So I think, let's take it with a pinch of salt.
4: We we can even make a tagline about eating, about being healthy, because we've we've all agreed on this panel here and inside. If you eat local, if you eat seasonal, it's very good for your body. So, make line, you eat it, the you And uh, what the
5: uh, chef told about the poison, it, it doesn't mean that poison, what you're considering. Poison means uh, it's difficult to digest. Slow if, poison. Uh, slow poison, it's a slow poison. Uh, what poison means what? You cannot digest it. So it's difficult for you to digest. It's meaning that if you eat a raw wheat, see sugar without, is a poison. Yeah, without uh, it's without not treating that you it. you eat
2: today, tomorrow you'll die. Yes, but, yes. Uh-huh. So
5: don't don't get it ag- exactly meaning of that poison. means it difficult for you to digest.
2: See, I think one last one word only. See, if you see uh, in 19th century, maybe hundred years back, you know what is the life expectancy of Indians? No, 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 life expectancy is more about 200 years back, that is around more than 60. But life expectancy during independence, 1947, when we took over, you know how much it is? It was 42, 43. Do you know what is the life expectancy now? 68, 68, and it is about to grow more. But I tell you, I finished with this last word. Our life expectancy has increased in the last 20 years, but our healthy life expectancy has come down. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Any other questions? I think there is one last question we can accommodate that lady. Hi, uh, I actually wanted to ask this woman in India. They prepare the
5: food in batches and then they keep eating for like a week or so. So how healthy is that?
1: So, so she has the meat prep. So, is it something like packaged food or something?
2: No,
3: Yeah. So you you basically prepare your foods. We've never had it because we have the option of getting fresh food. We've also always had somebody at home to make that food. Our family structure has always been a joint family structure where there are 20 people in a house, out of which four or five are cooking, four or five are working, four or five are you know away to do something, four or five are doing something else. So it's been a very cohesive structure. It's allowed us to dev- evolve a cuisine which works on cooking every day for every meal. So you actually cook breakfast, then you'll have a snack, a lunch, another snack and a dinner. And almost nowhere else in the world will you find that. But now, of course, in modern times, you're moving forward. So we have quick solutions for that. Masalas, for example, your foundation, your base of your onion, garlic, tomato, masalas can be made and kept for a week. And then you just throw in fresh meat or fresh uh, food into that and cook. But ideally it's it's not full it, It's not a it's not an ideal solution it takes a lot of nutrients away from your food it takes a lot of taste away from your food and frozen food definitely reduces the health of the kind of food that you're eating so while it is a solution and there's really nothing very wrong with it but ideally eating fresh foods everyday and just walking into a shop and just having a fresh salad or whatever which is now freely available would be a much better alternative for me so if your time compulsion doesn't allow you then that's something that you have to do and it's it's not the end of the world because it, you don't have to do it it's not practical
4: the time. either i mean how often do you have complete 24 hours electricity even in the capital metros and stuff cook fresh
2: eat fresh i think uh, i have one small experience which i'll share uh, it's an experience i was presenting uh, in the ireland in the world congress there were about thousand chefs so, when I was presenting the Indian food, I said, I don't have a refrigerator and deep freezer. We are so poor people in my mother's place. Now we have got, but, so what you do? How do you maintain hygiene, food safety, cleanliness? I use the water. How do you maintain? I said, see, my mother buy everything in the morning, eat, walk, eat whatever <laughs> she wants, throw it, give it to somebody else whatever she has over. They said you are the most richest people living in the world, you know, to get the freshness and India is a country where you have maybe 100,000 markets sell fresh vegetables, fruits, whatever it is. I don't think, I'm sure uh, Rocky and Mayur would agree they have traveled around the world. I don't think you will see all that in every country. You might see a very fancy cars, fancy bridges and you know, whatever, but you won't find so many fresh markets
1: Uh, with this I am taking to the end of the session thanks for being a wonderful uh, audience Uh, thanks for my co-panelists for this session so good evening and thank you have a great day I
0: thank all the panelists make sure to use the tagline that Mayur sir provided us with before summing up, I would like to bring to you all a glorious movement, moment of the unveiling of the book written by Dr. Deepa Prasad Ma'am. The book is named as the Etiquette Guide Book and thereby I would request Mrs. Shobha Raisoni Ma'am and Mr. Shreyas Raisoni, Sir, the Executive Director of Raisoni Group, to come forward for the launch of the book.